God bless you. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor uh, podcast network. Yes, network. Uh, We have uh, brought in uh, and built up a great team and we're adding to that team. We'll be adding uh, new people probably every month for a little while because God is really bringing um, us together to do something for the Lord. Like-minded people who share a passion um, for the gospel of Jesus Christ and wanting people to be saved, especially in this day and time. Uh, People need the hope of the gospel of God, and that comes through relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, Happy New Year to you. I'm so excited to be back. we got so many things that we're doing this year. Uh, If you did not check out Season 1, the launch of TCL, or Totally Committed Life, the gospel and gaming uh, with my uh, guest host on that show, uh, Anthony T.C. Robinson, uh, Pastor T.C. Robinson, awesome friend of mine, been friends for many, many years, uh, and he has an incredible, incredible uh, ministry to the gaming society, the gaming society, and he is reaching people uh, with the gospel and with gaming. And so uh, tune in for that. If you have not checked it out, check it out. Um, We have this new season that we're kicking off. It's called Monday Motivation with Apostle Anthony, and I can't wait to dive into the motivations that we have uh, that we're bringing to you. God has a word for you today to motivate you this Monday. And don't forget, uh, we've got another great uh, show that's going to be kicking off on Tuesdays, Transparent Tuesdays with Willie G. Berry. Man, can't wait uh, to hear what God says through him. Um, He's a rapper. He's a cook. uh, He's a poet. He's a musician. uh, Just an all around mighty man of God. Uh, Can't wait to uh, team up with him uh, and find out what God has for him. And we have some other people that are coming on and I can't wait to Uh, confirm them joining the network. Uh, We're going to fill out the week right now. We're going to be broadcasting on Monday, Tuesday, and Sunday evening. Monday will be Motivation uh, Mondays. Tuesday will be Transparent Tuesdays. And Sunday will be the Gospel and Gaming with Pastor T.C. Robinson. So that's the lineup. Thank you so much for making last year a success, overwhelming success. Um, We um, hit records on a number of plays and number of downloads, number of follows. Um, those of you that are supporting us uh, financially, thank you so much. And and maybe you've dropped off and you want to start back up again. Please join in. Um, we are building a network that is going to reach the world. I mean, literally reach the world. This is not just hype. We are literally reaching the world. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to a great friend of mine, uh, uh, Chalmer Williams with uh, 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 Fatherhood Fridays. He's doing an awesome job. And so uh, there's a few of us on Anchor trying to get out there and really spread the word of God through various ways. And so uh, we just want to thank God for the opportunity to come to you. Thank you for helping us. If you want to donate, make sure you go uh, to uh, Anchor. .fm slash Anthony Wilson slash support anchor.fm slash Anthony Wilson slash support. Or if you want to do a one-time gift, if you're feeling generous, it's the beginning of the year, you say, Hey, I just want to be a blessing to you and your ministry. Uh, you can go to cash app. Uh, if you have me as a friend on cash app, it's dollar sign a Wilson two, two seventy three dollar sign 
A. Wilson 2273. And believe believe me, we use everything that comes in to just support uh, doing the work of the ministry. I'm a full time teacher, pastor, preacher of the word. This is what I do. This is all that I do. Don't have a lavish lifestyle, but I'm very rich in Christ. And so uh, thank you for your support. Let's get ready to dive into our topic. Uh, I'll be right back. God bless you. It's Anthony Wilson, your host of the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. This is Monday Motivation. This is Monday Motivation. And what we're doing is we're going to the scripture and we're really trying to get our pulse on what's happening in the world and what scripture says about what's happening in the world. Um, we do a lot of uh, biblical studies and I'm still going to continue to do those biblical studies. And a lot of them are going to be packaged into a motivation. But what I feel is impressed upon my heart by God is not just to give you the information, but to give you motivation. And so, um, these studies that I do, uh, I'm going to continue to do them, but there is going to be a push, a push for you, um, as an individual, uh, to do some things, to make some changes that, uh, you know, uh, if there's no challenge, then we don't change. And so uh, I really want to challenge you in 2021 to experience change because that's what's necessary uh, for us to grow in God. And so I asked God, you know, what 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 to do on this first uh, Monday motivation and Monday motivations are not going to be uh, as long as some of my other uh, teachings that I will be doing. But Monday motivation is really about pushing you uh, to see, first of all, what's happening around you. And number two, uh, to impress upon you what God is asking of you through scripture, through scripture, not what I'm asking of you, but what God is asking of you. And so uh, today's Monday motivation is simply this. The last days are here. The last days are here. Some of you have been wondering. Some of you have been saying it. Some of you have been asking or talking to people. You've been searching YouTube and looking at different things and saying, what is going on? Uh, wh where are we at? But we are in what we would call the last days. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter uh, number three, uh, verses one uh, through six is what we're going to cover today. Uh, I'm going to cover the second half, uh, possibly next week, just depending on what the Lord says for the Monday motivation. But this motivation is that the last days are here. And here's what the word of God says. It says, but know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now listen to the description here. So the signs of the times, the signs of the last days are these things. For men will become lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrongs, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away. And it has an exclamation point there. Turn away. 
The Apostle Paul is giving Timothy a word of knowledge, not a prophecy. This is not a prophecy. This is not a prophecy. This is a word of knowledge. You say, well, why is it not a prophecy? Because a prophecy is, is about speaking forth or foretelling the purpose of God, the things that God has planned. A word of knowledge is being uh, being able to reveal information that you could not know, you could not have known, things that need to be known, not necessarily things that God wants to happen. And people ha have mixed up prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. But I want you to get this, and I want you to study prophecy. This is my first motivation: study the term prophecy. Um, if you go to your Strong's, um, your Greek New Testament, and you look up 4394 through 4397, begin at 4394 and study each word through 4397, you will find that prophecy is to divinely speak forth by inspiration of God asserting the mind of God. It is foretelling or forthtelling uh, the purpose of God. Prophecy is not just what will happen, but prophecy is what God ordained to happen for the purpose of salvation in Jesus Christ. That's what prophecy is about. If you really read the Bible and you look at the prophets, the things that the prophets were prophesying were about salvation, were about the kingdom of God. They didn't just prophesy people's personal futures. They prophesied this larger picture. And so even myself, as I've studied it more and more, I said, wait a minute, that, that even though that was true, I wasn't prophesying. I was giving a person a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge but I wasn't necessarily prophesying because mostly everything that needed to be prophesied has already been prophesied in scripture. And so if you prophesy, you should be confirming what's already written in the scripture. That's why the Bible says in first Thessalonians chapter five, uh, verses 19 through 21 is that we're not to despise prophecy, but we're to test all things. And so we're, we're to test everything. And then cleave to that which is good, abstaining from all appearances of evil. And so any prophecy should be tested by the word. And if it can't be tested and proven by the word, then it's probably not prophecy. But a word of knowledge you know, is very different. And so Paul is not prophesying. He's not saying that this is what God has planned. Now, some of you are going to have questions about that. Please send me your questions. Um, those of you that have access to the messaging system. Message me your questions and I will bring those questions on to the next show and I will answer those questions on air. Um, text me, message me on Facebook, um, please, because there's a difference between the word of knowledge that Paul gives Timothy here and prophecy. And for some people, it, I don't have time to really give you what it is that makes it different. But I'm going to tell you again, uh, my first motivation is to study prophecy. Go to your Strong's Concordance, look at um, 4394 through 4397.
Look at each word, 4394, 4395, 4396, and 4397. Look at those words, break them down so that you'll understand. And so uh, I'm going to move forward to the signs of the times, the signs of the times. And I'm going to show you um, that there's a sandwich here. There's a sandwich here. There's there, there's a sandwich here. In verse two, he says, for men will be lovers of themselves and lovers of money. Now drop down to verse four. And the last thing that's said in verse four is lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. In between these things, in between lovers of money, uh, lovers of self, lovers of uh, money, Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God is the meat of what these things look like. I want you to understand this. You cannot trust people who love themselves, who love money or pleasure more than they love God. You can't trust them. You can't trust them. And here's why Paul tells you, he says, because they will be boasters. If they love themselves, they're going to try to make themselves bigger and better than you. If they love money, they're going to brag about the things that they have. If they love pleasure, they're going to brag about the things that they experience. Proud. They're going to think of themselves more highly than they ought to think because they love themselves. They love their money. They love their pleasure. And that's what it's all going to be about. It's going to be about showing you what they have. Right. They're going to be blasphemers because they're not going to have any respect for the things of God because they love their money. They love themselves and they love pleasure over God. So they'll blaspheme God with no problem. Um, they'll be disobedient to parents because that, that's not a big deal to them. If parents don't agree with what it is that they're saying or what it is that they're doing. Then they'll just disobey them. That's not, a, not an issue. Unthankful. Uh, this is that entitlement. If I love myself more than I love God, then even the blessings of God, I'm not going to be thankful for because I'm entitled to it. Uh, I'm definitely not going to be thankful to you for anything because I, I, I'm owed this because I love myself so much. I, I, I'm all about me. I'm taking care of me. And if I got enough money, if I can chase enough money, then I don't need your help. I don't need your assistance. And if it's all about pleasure, um, being thankful is not pleasurable. I, I want to do it myself. I want to be about me. Right. But not only unthankful, but unholy. Well, because if I love myself, I love money, I love pleasure, then anything goes. Anything goes. Anything goes. Please don't try to set me apart. Please don't try to consecrate me or sanctify me or bring me into a place where there are things that are sacred. There, there, there are things that are considered holy and righteous. I can do whatever I want because my focus is on me. This term lover of self means literally to love oneself, self-loving, selfish. It is uh, philatos, philatos. For my Strong's Concordance users, users, 5367, 5367. It's one of the words for love. Um, it's describing someone who is preoccupied with selfish desires. It's the same thing with a uh, lover of money. Fiorgulos, uh, Fiorgulos, uh, 5366 is a person who is in love with personal gain. 
Um, in Luke chapter 16 and verse 14, the Pharisees were lovers of money. They were in love with money. First Timothy chapter six and verse 10, he says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money is not the root of all kinds of evil, but the love of it is. In Matthew chapter six and verse 24, he said that you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one. You're going to hate the other. And so you cannot serve God and money at the same time. At some point, there's going to be a tug of war. And so you're going to be unholy that nothing's going to be sacred to you, but unloving. You know why they're unloving? Because they have no love left for anybody else but themselves. They used up all of their love, all of their on themselves. And you'll say that they're selfish. That's what we what we would say. But not only that, unforgiving. If I love me, right, and you hurt me, then I can't forgive you. Because I love me too much. I love me too much to let you off the hook. And so I, I, when I have a love for myself, when I'm preoccupied with self, I want to punish you for the rest of your life. As a matter of fact, this term lover of self is only used one time and it's used in that verse, 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3 and verse 2. That's the only time it's used. Um, if you do a word study of, of, of uh, philo, philo is love, right? And so you have, um, you have philautos, you have uh, philotheos which is the love of God, philotheos. Then you have Fiargaros, which is the love of money. Um, you start at 5366, and you can go all the way to 5386, and it will show you all of these words that start with this prefix uh, uh, philo, which is love, and it's love of. And none of these words really identify the love of God because the love of God is agape or agapeo. And that's uh, in your strongs, number 25 and number 26. They are the love of God or the love that comes from God or where it says God is love. It's none of these words. It is agape or agapeo, which is 25 and 26 in your strongs Greek concordance. This is important because all of these are a fondness for something, a devotion to something, an affection for something. And God's love is not about fondness or affection. It's about making a choice and following the will of God. And so that's different. And so what we see here is we see uh, these people who have a love of, love of themselves, a love of money, a love of pleasure. All uh, these loves are greater than their love for God uh, rather than a love for God, Right. Then they're unloving, they're unforgiving, they're slanderers. This word slanderer, this word slander, are you, are you ready for this? Is the word diabolos. Diabolos. Look it up. It's the word diabolos. It is the word for devil. <laughs> Paul says literally that these people are devils. Slanderer. It's the same word that is used for devil. It means to charge somebody with something. It means to uh, speak uh, um, uh, untruths about people in order to sever relationships. This word slander is the exact same word as the word devil, diabolos in the Greek. Look it up. He says without self-control. 
that they will do anything because anything goes brutal. Brutal here means actually violent, that they will be violent. We saw the Capitol being stormed by violent people just doing whatever with no self-control, just just going crazy. Right. And we've been seeing that over the last the last year that people have lost control. They are brutal. They are only thinking about themselves. The argument over to wear a mask or not wear a mask. And I know you say, well, wait a minute, we're talking about the Bible, not that. But th let's think about it. Put it into your practical life. And some of these people are people that were in church on Sunday morning worshiping God. Some of these people are people that are saying praise God and they're, you know, having having this. Uh, 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 they're saying that they're Christians. They're saying that they believe in God and they're still acting this way. They still love themselves more than they love God. They're still pursuing money. Some of them are using the church to uh, take care of themselves and pursue money for themselves and to create lavish lifestyle and pleasure. And they're preaching pleasure from the pulpit and things like that. We are living in the last days, y'all. The last days are here right now. We're in it. Not only are they bruises, but the brutal, but despisers of good. And good is defined by what God says is good. It is not the subjective good that is based upon what is comfortable or convenient for me. Good is based upon what God says is good. He goes on to say traitors, of course, because you can't trust them because they're going to they'll stab you in the back because they're all about me. So many relationships have been destroyed because of a person's selfishness that I, 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 I'll stab you in the back if it's about me. I'll I'll betray you if it's about me. Some people I'll betray you if it's about money. I'll betray you if it's about pleasure. God, if you're trying to not let me have my pleasure, I'll, I'll, I'll blaspheme you. I'll betray you. I, I, I can be bought. There are people that can be bought. And some people preach to folks uh, these messages and, and, and what they're doing is they're giving you what you want. And so you'll betray what is good over what you want. Headstrong. Oh, man. You can't tell them nothing. You, you can't tell them nothing. It seems like no matter what scripture you show them, they don't want to hear it. They're too headstrong. They're haughty, very prideful, looking down on you, arrogant. As if they're the only one that has the truth. They're the only one that knows what's right and what's wrong. He said lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. These are the signs of the times. This is how you know that we're living in the time that Paul was warning Timothy about. He was warning Timothy about these times. It's not that God wants this to happen. The Bible says that God is not willing for anyone to perish. God desires all men to be saved, to repent and turn to him. And so these things are happening because they're going to happen, but they're not the plan or the purpose of God. But these things will happen. Listen, verse five, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. A form of godliness. This is the Greek word morphosis. <laughs> 34, 46. 
in your strongs. Morphosis. It means a semblance, an outline. It means by implication, the appearance, the form of something. It's the form. A form of godliness. They, they, they appear to be right with God. Maybe they're reading scripture. Maybe they're teaching. Maybe they have a YouTube page and they're, they're talking about God. We've seen so many people over this last year be exposed with false self-serving prophecies. Because they're jumping on YouTube trying to prophesy the end of the coronavirus, prophesy who's going to be president. And all they're doing is trying to get you to tune into their channels because their channels are monetized. And this is a way to make more money. Uh, if I can come out with something controversial, then people will tune into my show and my ratings will go up. And I'll... this is love of self. This is not love for God or you wouldn't go on there saying this crazy stuff. There's a guy now, uh, Kenneth Copeland, who can prophesy your hair back. I was like, man, I need that prophecy. I'm thinning real bad up top. He's on YouTube talking about lay hands on your head. I command the hair to grow in Jesus name. That is foolishness. But for some reason, it has the appearance of godliness because he's standing in a church and he's holding a Bible in his hand. But he is not speaking on behalf of God. He is not representing Christianity. You got Paula Wright praying for angels from Africa and angels from South America uh, trying to pray against uh, the, 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 the presidency and pray and stop all this foolishness. You're only doing that because you're on the man's payroll. That's love of pleasure. That's love of money. That's love of self. We, we've got to be careful. People, listen, we're in a season where anybody can say that they're Christian, but you have to really listen to the message. You have to really listen to what they're saying. You have to test what they're saying by the word of God. You have to test their character. Are they on there promoting greed? Are they boastful? Are they arrogant? Are, are, are they unloving, unforgiving? Are they slanderers? Are they brutal, despisers of good? Are they headstrong. Well, you've got you, you've got to be in, begin to test people through the scripture. Anyone that says that they are prophesying on behalf of God should be questioned. That is testing them. Question them. Like, wait a minute, where's that at? Is that true? Did it come to pass? All those things. And so they have a form, the morphosis, the appearance of godliness, 2150 in your strongs, godliness, asubia, asubia. It means piety towards God, devotion to God, the inner response to the things of God, which shows itself in a godly reverence and devotion towards God. The inner response. So this is something that happens inside. I told the people on Sunday, rend your hearts, not your clothes. We've been fasting this month and we're talking about fasting is about you and God. It's about this intimacy between you and God. And when a person is spending personal time with God, you're going to see it in them. 
It's going to be in their demeanor. It's going to be in how they treat people. It's going to be in how they talk and how they walk. And there's certain things that they would never say because of their reverence and their devotion for God. But if their devotion is for self, if their devotion is to get money, if their devotion is for personal pleasure, then they'll say things that they would never say if they really, really love God more than they love these other things. Their devotion to God is greater than their devotion to self, money, or pleasure. That's what it means to have godliness. But these people have a form, an appearance of this type of devotion, but they're denying the power. Denying this term, denying 720 in your strongs. Our Neomai, our Neomai, 720 in your strongs to deny, to say no, to literally contradict to refuse to affirm, to to refuse to confess or identify with, to disown, to repudiate. Let me give you an example of this. In Acts chapter 6, in Acts chapter 4, yeah, Acts chapter 4, verse verse 16. After Peter and John performed a miracle, uh, they were thrown in prison. But the people who threw them in prison had to admit that the miracle, that the power of God that was displayed on that day was undeniable. And they said, man, we cannot deny this miracle. We can't contradict it. We can't refuse it. We can't repudiate this thing. We cannot say that this didn't happen. And there are people who are denying, they are refusing to affirm the power of God. What is the power of God? Dunamis, fourteen eleven, the most popular word for power in the New Testament, used one hundred and twenty times in the New Testament. Dunamis, fourteen eleven. It is the power and the ability to perform. For a believer, it's the power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent ability. It is the power through God, an ability, the ability that's needed in every scene of life. To really grow in sanctification and preparation for heaven. That the power of God. See, if you refuse the power of God, then you can't be transformed. You're always going to be stuck as selfish, money hungry, arrogant, unthankful, unholy. But 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 what he's saying is that these people are stuck because they deny, they refuse, they contradict, they reject the power that comes to change them, the dunamis power of God, the miracle working power of God, the effective working power of God that will transform you from glory to glory by the spirit of God, that you may be one way in the beginning, but over progression of time, you should be making progress. You're not perfect, but you're making progress. And that is through the power of God. One of my favorite scriptures that really illustrates this uh, uh, very well is in Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses uh, 12 and 13. Here's what it says. Therefore, my beloved brethren, you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. This is Paul talking to the Philippians. Here's what he says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. In other words, I come to God and I begin to be obedient to God and God is working in me. The dunamis, the ability 
to do his will and the things that please him. It's God working in me. And so if a person stays the same, then somehow they're denying the power of God. They can come to church 52 straight weeks. But if there's no change, they're still the same way. They're still greedy for money. They're still selfish and self-centered. They're still all about pleasure and the lust of their flesh. Then they're not allowing the power of God to change them. They're denying the power of God. They're denying his power and his power should change us. And, and there, there's people that have been preaching on YouTube and, and, and radio for years, the same mess. And you're thinking you don't grow and change. Maybe you did start out saying this and you learned and you changed. I started out saying some things based upon the Christian culture that now I don't say anymore because he is changing me. He is delivering me. He is setting me free. He, 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 he's sanctifying me. He, he, he's delivering me from certain beliefs and things that were not him, but I thought was him. Later on in, in, in Timothy Chapter uh, Second Timothy, chapter three, it talks about they were ever learning. Verse seven, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That the, there are people that just keep gaining information, information, but they're not really coming to the knowledge of the truth. They're not coming to the knowledge of the truth because they're not letting the power of God deliver them. Listen to what it says again. The ability that is needed in every scene of life to really grow in sanctification and preparation for heaven, which is glorification. The prayer in uh, Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. He will make you ready for that day when Jesus comes. You just got to be giving yourself to him. You, you just, you just got to be coming to him and allowing him to change you, not denying, refusing, contradicting, or disowning or repudiating the power of God. I've got five things that I want to give you and I'm going to close. Here they are. Number one, take heed to the word. Don't just read the Bible, but take heed to the word. In Psalms 119 and verse 9, it says, How can a young man purify or cleanse his ways? How can a young man purify or cleanse his ways? It simply says this. By taking heed according to your word. Verse 10, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. The second thing I want to give you is hide the word in your heart. Verse 11, your word, O oh Lord, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. The word can change you from the inside out. But that's not it. Colossians chapter three and verse 16 says to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let me say it again. Number one, take heed to the word, Psalms 119, 9. 
Hide the word in your heart, Psalms 119.11, and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Colossians 3.16. But let's go deeper. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent or study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth, rightly dividing the word of truth. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, that you grow in God by the word of God. The word of God can change you and transform you, but you've got to study it. So study the word. Second Timothy chapter two and verse 15. And finally, do what the word says. Don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer. James chapter one. Verses 21 through 25, here's what it says. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, all overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. This term save means to deliver, to heal, to set free, to change you. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not just hearers only deceiving yourselves. Those are those people. Second Timothy, they're ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. They're reading the word of God, but they're not coming to the knowledge of the truth. They're not uh, receiving the implanted word of God. And allowing it to save them. Verse 23, for if anyone hears the word. Anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer. He's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. So my motivation today Understand that we're in the last days and that more now than ever, we have to be grounded and established and rooted in the word of God. There are many, many false prophets that have gone out into the world. So we got to test every spirit and see if they're speaking by the spirit of God. 2020 was full of false prophecy and false words and false uh, people stepping forward, saying things. But you know, when the people of God know the word of God and they know the time and the season that we're in, they know that this is supposed to happen. This is going to happen. This is what's this is what's going on in the world. Then you find out what is God giving you as a responsibility. God bless you. I pray that this encourages you. Check out the scriptures. Look up in your strongs, the words that I gave you. Become a studier. Be a Berean. Be a Berean. Check everything and check everybody. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Monday Motivation. I want to thank you for listening to the Love Thy Neighbor Network and supporting us uh, for the time that you've been supporting us. Keep listening. Share this with somebody else uh, that might need to know that we're living in the last days. The last days are here. God bless you.